Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com, wellstarthealth.com, and I've got the flu. I feel kind of terrible right now, so I hope you will be okay if we don't do the intro music, if we don't do the announcement, if I just give you today's episode, which I just recorded with the fabulous, marvelous, wonderful, inspiring Sarah Bowfinger. Sarah was on the podcast um, about almost a year ago uh, for episode 271. And at that point, she had just spent, I think, two months um, plant-based and was training for the Olympics and has this history of born with hip dysplasia, seven hip surgeries, got addicted to pain meds, to alcohol, was in an abusive relationship, hit rock bottom, practically homeless, and then turned it around. And today we talked about... What's happened in the past year? Shortly after that call with Sarah, I invited her to, to become a coach with Wellstart, to go through our Wellstart Health Coach Training Program, and to come on board as a coach. And we talked about how that experience has helped Sarah on her own Olympic journey. What am I doing? I said I was not going to do an introduction. I was just going to lead right in, and here I am blabbing. All right, I'm going to go back home, have some more herbal tea, drink some more water, try to sleep. I won't be back today after the interview, so I'm just going to leave you in the very, very good hands of Sarah Bowfinger, the Mer Goddess. So without further ado, Sarah Bowfinger, welcome back to the Plant Yourself podcast. Hello. I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've had quite, what has it been like a year since we first talked? Yep. And you, and you kind of know the date, right? Like you're, you keep track of stuff like that. Yeah, we um we did the podcast March fifteenth of last year. All right, so we're we're coming up on a year, and 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 you have a lot more you wanted to talk about. So what's um what's on your mind? Well, I I wanted to just kind of you know recap on what happened since the last podcast. Um, so the first really exciting thing that happened after the podcast was you sent me an email and asked if I wanted to be a health coach with Wellstart. And of course, I was so excited. And so I went through the 12 week coaching program. And I'm just going to say, like, I learned a lot more about myself through my own journey in this program than I expected. <laughs> like I didn't know what to expect in the program, but 
it just the tools showed me like to really put myself in the driver's seat for my own goals. And it was just really driving me to be a better swimmer, to be a better person in general. And it was just really great. And so after that, then you asked me to be on the Wellstart team. And I mean, if you go back and listen to the podcast before, a lot of you know I surrendered my financial needs and, you know, everything to just kind of pursue this and then becoming a part of the Wellstart team as a health coach, like really helped my abundance. And, and not only that, but it allowed me to be a part of other people's journey. And that was just the most, like, that's like the one thing I wanted to do. Like my whole life is just help people. And so what the training did then leading up to being a coach with Wellstart has just like created so much momentum in my own um, Olympic journey. And it's, it's just amazing. Cool. Well, so um, I'm hearing a few things in my own head. Um, one of them is if you were rich roll, I saying to myself, you would ask Sarah to kind of recap because he always does that when he has guests on. It's like, yeah, I know people know your story, but just for people who may not have heard it before. So instead of, instead of telling everyone, just like pause and go listen to the other one. And I I have this like head cold or flu or something. So I've really, I've been very ditzy. I didn't even look up the number to tell, to tell people I I can, I can sort of. I think it's 115. I I think it's 115. No, that would have, that would have, that would have been in in 24, 2014. So it has to be 200 something. Could be two. It could be, uh, if it's a year ago, it'll be like 260 or two, something like that. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll look it up. But, uh, but in any case, can you, and, and this is funny because, you know, we met for the first time when I, when I came by and we, I wanted to like grab a short video of you introducing yourself to well start, you know, participants to clients, you know, as a, here, meet your coach and mm-hmm. you were completely unable to go into the, the <laughs> negative parts of your story. I'm like, you know, <laughs> like this is, this is what we do. We, we, we start with the lows, with the, with, with the rock bottom, and then we, we make it really dramatic. And you were like unable, like, yeah, I can't really go there. But <laughs> so can we try again? Can you, can you give us like yes. a, a two minute, you know, synopsis of what people who, who haven't heard the other one, which I'm going to go look up right now and, and give us a number, um, what, what they should know about you so this conversation makes sense to them. Okay. So, um, well, I was born with hip dysplasia and had a total of seven hip surgeries. And in those, um, so it was six and a half before I was um, three and a half years old. And then the seventh one was when I was 15. So at the age of 15, I was put on a morphine pump at that surgery. And that had led to addiction, to pain pills, alcohol abuse, um, and drugs. And so with that, like I had this dream of being an Olympic Olympian. And usually when you're 15, that's when you pursue this. And, and as, as, um, a, as a swimmer, as a swimmer. Yes. Right. And I guess, um, and I guess the, uh, the swimming came to you because it was, a, it was a rehab, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it became rehab for me so that I could, heal faster because the doctors, they had put me in traction and all these things. And it was just a lot for a baby. And so 
they put me in the water and that was when I became a mermaid. <laughs> uh-huh. and, they, and they were like, Here, here's something to maybe help you walk better. And you're like, no, I kind of want to become one of the best in the world at this. Yeah, basically. And but but with those surgeries and things like it like embedded all this like doubt and, you know, worry and fear and all these things so that I didn't believe in myself that I could pursue it or anything like that. So then that led to, you know, fast forward, I was overweight. I was um uh I got into alcohol. And then that had attracted me to relationships that weren't serving me, but were serving me at the time (laughs) when I was so um, I was in a nine year relationship that had ended. I had um, I was going to be homeless. I had no money, no really where to go. And I had this dream of becoming an Olympian. And so in that moment of feeling like I could die I then chose to live and so that in the end of 2015 started my rebirth of mer goddess and you know just and just pursuing no matter what just you know taking it taking it in but like what's funny about even when we had talked like it's like it feels like in the past now, you know, like, like even when I, like I had become so attached to that story, even like a year ago, you know, and I was like, Mm. Oh, people are going to hear this story and they're going to, you know, love it. And I was like, Oh, they're going to, you know, no. And it's like, now it's like, man, that was a great story. Like now what else can I, you know, do or, or create and, and really own up to my own potential, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it starts, it starts feeling like, um, like like clothes you've you've outgrown and gave away. Yeah, right? I think that was why it was so hard for me to tell. Like I like in that moment of you recording me, like I almost forgot I had seven hip surgeries. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I did have that. You, we're gonna we're gonna have to like tattoo you like the guy from Memento. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, like I have the scars, like even like the, um, just yesterday in the locker room, like this woman was like, I noticed your scars. Like what happened to you? You know, so I like went into the story and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's great. And I'm walking, you know, and this woman was like, oh, my gosh, seven surgeries, you know, and I'm just like, oh, you know, and then this other woman's like, she's a really great swimmer. I watch her under the water every day and I'm looking at her, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just laughing in my head like that. That happened. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I, I, I want to go back. I know we were talking about this year, but I want to I go back to that moment because of, of like losing everything and and sort of surrendering to like it's, it seems like at that moment that somehow the, the fact that you had lost everything was in itself an an open invitation to like can you I, i'm trying to picture like <laughs> what what goes on at a time like that cuz it it sounds a little bit like i don't know enlightenment yeah like a like a spiritual awakening right where like all of a sudden everything is going wrong but everything's going right at the same time you know it's like this was meant to be <laughs> but i mean like in the moment of you know, like really like, because in like, I'll say like 
you know, when we had broken up, I still was living with my ex for a little bit and it got really, really bad. And so when it got really, really bad, that was when like I started meditating and like really like owning up to that. Like I created this, like it, it, I, I wasn't into like, like it became at first I was trying to blame the person for all of this, but then I started taking like, I really started taking, like, yeah, I did this. Like, I created this. You know, this was me. And, like, start owning, taking ownership for my life versus thinking. Because my whole life is just like, oh, this is happening to me, you know. And then in that moment of surrender for me was like, oh, like, this is my reflection. So if this person's yelling at me, they're not necessarily yelling at me. Maybe they're yelling at themselves, you know? So it was like a completely different look that I had. Like, you know what I mean? Well, it almost reminds me of like, um, you know, so I've, I've, been, I've been sick for a couple of weeks and I've had a lot of tr trouble sleeping. But there, there, there's something about like the dreams I have when I'm sick or, you know, my wife's giving me all these herbs that... Like I had a couple of dreams where I sort of woke up in the dream and realized it was a dream. And I'm like, oh, well, let's let's play around here. Let's it was like like a lucid dream. I wonder if that's mm -hmm. if that's like, OK, so all this is going on and it's all real and it's all not at the same time. Like, was that yeah. something of the feeling? Yeah, yeah, because in in like instead of like attaching, a mo like having attachment to the feelings it was just like allowing the feelings to be there and 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 not really knowing that there was something greater there but just the belief in myself that was like you know what like I'm gonna take up for this and and I can you know do this and like what you were talking about with the dreams like just recently I've had dreams where I'm in those situations but I'm me now so I'm like going back to like in the dream, like, oh, look, like almost giving myself a little hand clap, you know, or just like being even more positive because I know it was still a struggle. Like I still didn't accept the struggle like I do now. Like now I get excited about the struggle. Like when I hear Josh and like he's running in the sand and he's talking about how exciting it was, but not at the same time. Like this is what happens to me now. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the the struggle, you know, but then I sat in the struggle a little bit longer than I could say I would now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because you know the way you talk about it, the way the way on the surface I hear you saying is like you you no longer like blamed externally, like you took responsibility for it, which could feel like a very heavy thing. Like a thing like to get yeah. down on yourself. But I, but what I hear you saying underneath it is that you kind of let go of, yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I let go of a lot of stuff. And I mean, even like, you know, there was there was still a lot of healing from that experience for me. And like, even like, I really wish that I could like talk to that person now and be like, man, that was like a fun experience, you know? Like instead of like having like, hatred or you know all these like feelings that were actually about me it had nothing to do with the other person mm. and it's like I'm so clear 
with how relationships are with others and how I can take responsibility and really like just own up to the fact that, you know, I created this in my head. (laughs) Uh And, you know, if I like, I mean, if I look back and like in the situation, I didn't like it. So of course, if I'm in my head, like I don't like this and now is the manifestation. Like now is like the part that I didn't want. I thought about the things I didn't want and here it is right in front of me. And it's like, what do you do in that moment? You know, do you like cry and like get all like try to beat someone up or, you know, just fight it. Or do you sit there and accept that this was what you created and this was meant to be and, you know, continue to grow from there. And I think that was a very important part for me because for years I would, you know, take, I would just sit in the struggle for so much longer than I needed to. I'm sure that that experience still took (laughs) three or four months to really like get it. You know what I mean? But like now it's like, it clicks. It's like, oh, here's a struggle. Ooh, there's strength on the other side. Let me go in this struggle and, mm. you know, and, and kind of rebuttal out of that. And then it's like literally like so quick, like you're in the struggle one moment, there's your strength in the other moment, you know? Mm. I was recently reading an interview with a, uh, a screenwriter who, who writes um, like adventure thriller movies. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying was like the main job is to for, to get the audience in a certain moment to say how in the world is the hero going to get out of this one? Yeah, right. It's, it's like they know they know it's a Hollywood movie. They know that, it's, but that you're trying to make it like almost almost it's almost like oh impossible to get out of this one. But that's the that's like the challenge of the writer to mm-hmm. to come up with these these circumstances that just bring the most juice to the screen and it sounds it sounds like you at one, at some point you decided I am not a character in someone else's drama I don't like where this is going I'm going to leave this page and I'm going to I'm going to rewrite it myself Yeah cuz I mean even like I'll just say like throughout my whole life like there every incident or every trauma that I experienced I always put the blame on someone else and like finally there was this like really like everything shifted in one moment like I got $200 like I got a lot of bills to pay like I don't know where I'm gonna live you know I've got this Olympic dream that I want to do and I have no idea how any of this is gonna work out (laughs) but okay I'm gonna still do it you know and like and I'm so grateful because it's just like it's just been so fun if I like even think back like I can't even get get upset about it or, or be sad about it. Like, I'm just so grateful for like the trauma that I went through. Cause it's just made me such a better person. Mm. Nice. Okay. So, so we had this conversation, um, a year ago, um, episode 271. Ah, <laughs> as, we were totally off <laughs> as it, as it turns out. And, um, you know, I was, I got off the phone with you and I called Josh. I said, I've just met girl Josh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're so (laughs) inspiring and, and upbeat and wise. And it's like, and then I was like, well, we, we need to, we need to, you know, 
point you in the direction of, of all the people we want to help. And so I, I uh, after a while, I asked if you wanted to join our, our you know, we're starting to train coaches for Wellstart. Uh, part, I just, just couldn't find coaches who were trained the way I wanted coaches to be trained. Um, and, you know, we've, there were a lot of people in that cohort. Some of them were already professional coaches and, and a number of them weren't. We're just sort of professional self-changers um, mm-hmm. and inspirers of others like yourself. And so I'm, I'm just really, really curious um, what, what you got out of the Wellstart Coach Training Program that, that surprised you. Because I think, you know, you went in thinking, okay, I'm going to learn some coaching techniques, but it seems like you got a lot, you got that and more. Yeah. Cause I'll say like when I first, you know, went in, like, you know, you get like the first, um, uh, I guess like the, the learning material, right. So you're, you're doing it and I'm just like, okay, like I don't have any clients to teach. Like what, you know, what am I, how am I gonna coach someone, you know? And so then I was like, I can coach myself. Like hmm. I can literally like use all these tools and put it on my own journey because I mean, there have still been parts that I've just been like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, cause a lot of times it's like, I was thinking, I'm just going to like, Oh, people are going to hear my story and they're just going to sign me up for the, the USA uh, team. Right. And it's <laughs> like, no, like this is, this is something that I have to do. And so what Wellstart taught me with like, using techniques like never binge again. Like I learned that like there, I had binging tactics. Like I, instead of calling it the pig, I called mine the sea creature, you know, and it would <laughs> come out, it would come out and like, you know, want to like have certain foods and, um, and things that I didn't think about. Cause I had just become vegan, you know? So I was still eating like whatever, you know, and just, and doing different things. And, um, And then the other thing it like, it taught me to like really be in the driver's seat of my own journey. Like instead of just waiting for other people to, Oh yeah, this, Oh yeah. Let's, let's bring you on board. Like I am the one that's going to get me to the Olympics. Like I'm not going to wait for someone else. And so when I started using all of the tools that I had, then I started really like the momentum has just picked up and I'll say like I, I um, had a raw diet experiment. So I went like completely raw. I started juicing. I found, I found different emotions that were connected with food that I didn't know. Like, you know, I was hearing things, but I, I didn't experience it myself. And so the more that I experienced these things, it was easier for me than to coach other people. So that being said, you know, then like once um, you asked me to come on board, like at first I was like, well, I'm not a Josh. I'm not a Kevin. I'm not a Howard. Like, well, how am I going to, you know, help people? But then I was just like, all I got to do is be myself and myself teaching myself. I'm going to be able to relate to these people. And so what has happened now is that like, it's just, it's even more inspiring for me to hear other people's journeys because now like I'm taking this in my driver's seat, you know, I'm, I'm writing my workouts down. I'm more organized than I've ever been. You know, I'm swimming my fastest butterfly time ever this year, you know? So. <laughs> mm. And uh, I mean, that's, 
if you had if you had said to me, "Hey, so I want to learn coaching so that I can coach myself." I probably would have said, well, I don't think it really works that way. <laughs> like, you know, like I would have, I would have had this before this conversation, this limiting belief that, well, it's really hard to coach yourself. You know, that's what we all need coaches. And, and yet you, you were able to, to, to take on yourself as your own client. And I, I wonder, I wonder what that's like, because, you know, when you're, when you're a coach, one of the things, like as Josh says, the main thing you're trying to do is to get your client to stop lying to themselves. Yeah. And, and well. I'm, I'm wondering how, how you do that when you're the coach and the client. Well, so it's like I put my coach hat on at times and then I put my client hat on at times. And so the coach hat, yeah, is like pulling out all the stuff I don't want to and I'm I'm journaling and the coach is basically like the pen writing everything down. So like I'm not going to write something down that isn't true. Like if I've done it, I'm writing it down. So the pen has acted as the coach. And me, if I like, so I'm more accountable because I know that whatever I'm doing, I'm going to have to now essentially talk to the pen, the coach (laughs) and put it on paper, you know? So it, it's allowed me to hold myself more accountable because even from a year, like, you know, it was just, I, I was in this waiting game of like waiting for a coach or waiting for someone to tell me what to do. And so what this program taught me was that I have the keys to the kingdom here. (laughs) And all I have to do is, you know, hold myself accountable and, and be my best self. Just 1% better than what I did yesterday is going to get me to that goal. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to have any fear towards it. All I have to do is be my best self and and do the best that I can in this moment. And that's going to lead me to the next moment and the next moment and the next moment. Mm. And you've, you found that helping other people helps to kind of reinforce that in your own life. Yeah, because when, you know, when people are talking about their own struggles, it's like I've been there, right? I understand where they're going through. Right now they're vulnerable and they're a lot like being in this program with this virtual community is allowing them to be with their struggle, but also grow from that struggle in that moment versus just being in the struggle. Like we all can be in the struggle and stay in the struggle for years, right? Like, but when you have other people that are also in the struggle that you're talking to all the time and you're listening to what they're doing and it's just it's more powerful for the person and for the coach like it's a win-win like it's not like like I never feel like I'm the coach so like I'm better than this person like I feel like I'm the same like we're just having a conversation and like maybe I've gone through this experience and maybe you've gone through experience that I can learn from and we're all winning together, you know, and, and empowering ourselves and, and building community through each other. Right. Now you're journaling, which is, yeah. which is a habit that I have adopted 50 or 60 times in my life. 
So I'm I'm really good at not journaling, <laughs> right? Because it's hard and it's painful, and you got to be honest, and you have to right. And and that's that, that's quite a discipline. And you're also you know holding yourself very accountable, and you have a very high level training plan. How do you deal with people who aren't at that level? Who you know who who lost? They say they're going to do something, and then you talk to them next week, and they haven't done it. How, how do you how do you relate to people who are at that well, stage? So, I mean, I was at that stage, right? Like there were many, like I've been through so many stages. I feel like those like little, like um, if you ever see those, like, I don't know, they're like Chinese little cups and like, like there's like a big one, right? And then they go to a smaller one and a smaller one. And a smaller oh, like a, one. like a Russian, <laughs> Russian nesting doll. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So I feel like a Russian nesting doll where I I can relate to where these people are and I can share with them what what they're doing and how they can come out of it but ultimately they are the ones that have to make the decision like for instance my mom my mom was like one of my biggest coaching people during the program and she was really frustrating me she would like you know all of a sudden binge you know on desserts and I'm just like why you know but like the moment that instead of like hounding her and being like why like I just sat and I understood where she was coming from because I was there I would eat ice cream and cookies and cake and not care about my goals or anything like that and like I got it, you know, and I just sat there and I still appreciated her and loved her for where she was in the moment. And I kept doing that. And then all of a sudden, just two weeks ago, she was like, Sarah, I want to try a plant based diet. And I mean, I didn't even like I was like shocked. I was like, are you sure? You know, you want to do this? And she was like, I want to try it and see how I feel. She's on day 17. And she's like a superwoman. Now she wants to like run 50 miles, like, you know, before she's having hip pain and like all this stuff. And I don't even know where this goes, but like where I would see someone in that moment, I would just love them with all I could so that they can see that because I'm loving them where they are, that gives them permission to grow to the next piece when they're ready. One of the most profound things you just said there is that people have to make the decision. And I, f- I find that a challenging concept to get across a lot of the time that, you know, people who are binging, you know, because because we follow Glenn Livingston's Never Binge Again protocol and we, we, we are not calling binging a disease, right? We're not saying that addiction mm-hmm. is a disease that you have to sort of, you know, manage one day at a time like you can you can have the cravings and not give in to them and and what it takes is a a bigger decision a a commitment a vow that and and people really have a hard time believing that that they that they had the power how do you help people um come to an understanding that it it, it is about ultimately a decision that they have to make and that they have to keep making? Well, I think too, like just um, like it, when they're in the struggle, 
to just be okay with the struggle. Cause a lot of times when people say, you know, like even when you say like a bad decision or a good decision, like it's a choice, right? It's a decision whether you think it's bad or you think it's good. So really like if people can just sit with their struggles and accept that they can stay with that decision or they can ultimately move up the decision ladder, you know, like that is going to help them decide because it, it's just like a, it's a, it's almost like you just get tired of playing the same story in your head over and over. It's like, okay, like I had ice cream today. I went seven days. Oh, but I want ice cream again. And it's like, when are you going to get tired of that and really that is on them or you know on ourselves like I mean there's nothing really I can't like me telling someone I can't force it out of them like I just have to accept where they are and allow to witness the growth and change that will happen once they've accepted their responsibility of their own journey and going from that. Mm. See, there's something paradoxical about, again, about that, like accepting responsibility, which comes kind of full circle to what, how, how you made your change is that when, when, when I talk with people, very often they accept responsibility, but in a disempowering way, right? Mm -hmm. They'll say, yes, I was weak. Yes, I did it. Yes, I've been on 17 diets in the last four years, and I'm great for three weeks, but then I always fall off. And the way they're narrating their self-responsibility is actually mm -hmm. absolving them of responsibility because they're making it, they're making it too big. And they say, well, yeah. you know, what can I do? I'm just, I'm just an ant trying to, to move a boulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in, in that case, I mean, if you're like when I hear people when they say something like that, like I'm always looking for the positive in their sentence. So say like, you know, well, I tried this, I tried that, but there was one thing that they did. And I like focus on that one thing that they did. Maybe like they haven't walked in forever and they're like, well, I tried this diet. I did this. I've accepted responsibility, but I still can't get it. Oh, but I ran outside, you know, and that's the only thing that I hear is that, oh my gosh, like you went outside, you went for a walk, you know, and like, I, I try to change the, the, the conversation to them focusing on what they did do versus what they didn't do, because then it goes back to creating your reality. So if you're sitting here, yeah, you've accepted responsibility, but you really haven't accepted responsibility, right? Like you're, you're in this like wishy-washy like phase. And with that, you know, you're, you're just going around in circles, but when you start to, focus on what you did do, that is the most powerful thing that you can focus on. And that will weed out all these other, uh, I don't know if I did it. Okay. You know? Mm. So, so that, that, that becomes, um, sort of a, a, a point of light that you can build upon and can start to create this, this new narrative. Yes. 
right? Because the chances are the person, even if they had a terrible week, they they weren't terrible during the week. They, mm-hmm. they may have screwed up four times, but think of all the things they did right. They probably brushed their teeth. They kissed their kids goodnight, right? But they're only seeing the negative. Exactly. And it's, and it's really like habits, right? Like in a society where we focus on fear, doubt, and what we don't want, we're, we're, we're a habit of creature, you know, we're a creature of habit. Like we literally just focus on what we're used to. And so when we allow ourselves to, to start adapting new ways of thinking, new behavior patterns, we start to see a shift because now like when I go out somewhere, I can't not see the positive. Like if someone's around me and they're like talking about how awful everything is and I, all I'm doing is focusing on the positive. Cause I'm like, Whoa guy, like you're here, you're breathing. Like that's amazing. You know, like, and, and, and what's great about me doing that for everyone else is that it helps me. So like if I'm in a, in a place where training isn't going well, or I don't know how I'm going to get to this race or, you know, it just allows me to surrender and focus in this moment on what is going on. Oh man, I woke up today, man. Like I, I ate a great breakfast, you know, and like I got to go outside and see nature, you know, and it just starts. And, and the momentum for me, a lot, like seeing this and everyone else, creates momentum for myself and it just it just allows me to be even more positive than I thought was possible. Mm. Does it take courage to do that especially among people that maybe who knew you before? Like cuz I you know I'm like this cynical s- smart ass, right? And mm-hmm. so for me to start being all positive, like I have a lot of friends who would make fun of me. Right. For, oh, oh, you know, like, oh, you got all woo woo. You know, you're going to start wearing robes and stuff. <laughs> and I find it, it, it actually takes courage for me to to embody sort of the person that I've become as opposed to sort of regress back to the person that, that they're comfortable with. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if, if you've had that experience, too. Well, I'll say on my journey. Yes, I have. Like it was, you know, really uncomfortable. I wasn't, um, you know, I was still unsure about like what I was doing and I was really looking for other people's approval. But the more that I sat with myself, released those triggers and realized that other people's opinion has nothing to do with me and really owning up to who I am it's exciting. Like, I really don't care about what people think. Like, you know, if they're like, I'm just like, Oh, like they could like, I was there and I, I wanted other people to like, um, you know, like, uh, accept me right now. But, and so I'm going to accept them where they are and, you know, and hope that they can learn from me, you know, and just being the light for others to see, like being the change, that you wish to see. And so just owning that and not having judgment on myself, not having judgment on others. And I'm comfortable in it now. Like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, like I'm training for the Olympics. Oh, and everyone always wants to know the details. I don't know the details. All I know is that I'm training, I'm having a blast 
and it's really fun and I'm learning a bunch of things and I'm learning about myself. And that's what the whole point of this was. And you can do it too. Like have something crazy that you want to do and go out there and do it and find yourself and see what happens. Beautiful. Um, so how is training going? Training is amazing. I just finished last month, 39.7 miles in the pool. And let me tell you, like, I haven't swam that much. Like, I don't even remember when, like what, like, it's funny because like through the journey, like, you know, I like really love working out, right? Like that's been the whole thing. So like, I'll do a lot of like weights or spin class. Cause I love the community or yoga, you know? And so, but with the Wellstart program and really like finding what my body needs. And after swimming my fastest hundred butterfly, I realized what if I focused on the butterfly like I wasn't focused like I was just like kind of all over the place like you know like oh, I'll do this race I'll do this race I'll train here I'll um swim with the master's team you know and all this stuff and then it just like all of a sudden it clicked last month that oh my gosh like if I focus on this one thing what will happen and so the momentum has been really great I've been really dedicated to like going to the pool myself going to just like getting up, like embracing the struggle, getting excited. And so I'm going to test this theory in two weeks and see how I swim. Uh-huh. And what's, what's the connection between uh, your, your, your relationship with Wellstart and focusing on the butterfly? So just like doing like when applying never binge again, like I noticed for me, like, even like it didn't just involve food like it 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 really involved like okay like where am i spending where am i binging my time like where what time like okay like wh- where like i have this whole day ahead of me like what can i do to best serve me in this moment and not think about any other moment and so when i started really applying the tools and taking action in those tools, like I was just swimming, right? Like I, there wasn't like a focused practice. Like I, I have a team that sponsors me and it's a master's team. So a lot of them are moms and dads and they're just swimming. And so, yeah, a lot of them are fast. But like what I realized was like no one is like these people on my team, they're not trying to go to the Olympics, Like, and that means that I have to do something a little bit more so that I can see where I'm going and see where I can push myself to my own limits, right? And so with all that being said, like, it just led me to, like, focusing on really hard butterfly workouts. Like, I haven't, like, like, if you, when you're, I'm talking about butterfly, like, it's a pretty hard stroke. So if you're doing, like, two to three thousand yards mostly butterfly that's a really struggling workout like I had to like really get excited to get struggling like I mean it was like I'm swimming in a warm pool you know I'm I I'm a member of LA fitness so like the pools are like 87 degrees so like literally I'm swimming in a hot tub the hardest stroke and I had to really like get excited about that and with that being said like I've just seen so much growth 
in my stroke, in my, in just my mindset, like how I feel about it. And I'm excited to just play it out and, and, and test the experiment. Cause it was like a hypothesis and into this experiment that I've been doing. And then I'll test it in a race and see what happens. Awesome. So, so what's, what's in two weeks? So I'm going to do a local race and I'm going to swim all butterflies. So instead of like doing, cause what I noticed also when I would race is I would just pick like random events, like events that probably I wasn't even training for just to like swim them. But then like the events that I was training for, it was, it was making me tired for those events. And then I wasn't seeing success. And so I was like, what if I just focus on these events, focus on these strokes in the practice, what will happen? And so I'm going to swim the 50, the 100, and the 200 butterfly um, March 17th. Um, Two weeks later, I'm going to do another local race, similar, focusing on the butterfly. And then I'm going to Arizona to swim a national championship where I'm going to swim those events. And I want to break records. Like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to, like, really see this this uh, this training, this mindset, like all of it come together in the perfect moment and and yeah, and, and see what happens. And then after that, then I'll I'll have a new experiment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. And what have you, what have you um, enjoyed most about coach coaching others? Um you know, I don't know, some, something that might have been unexpected or rewarding or surprising? <laughs> well, I'll say, like, I mean, I just really like being a part of other people's journey, like listening to, like, how they go about their day, what happened, you know, being able to relate to them struggling in that moment and being able to find a positive in that and also, um, just like be surrounding myself with other people that want to do better for themselves. Like all the people that I've joined in Wellstart, like they have, they have a want, like they secretly want to do better. And even if they don't do better, like in the 12 weeks, like they have like this whole other time in these alumni calls to like make friends, like, you know, it's like the cheering squad, uh, in the school. And it's like, you can see, even if they maybe made no progress and they made progress, right. But maybe they didn't live up to their expectations, but then it's like, they see like this whole other side of them that they couldn't have seen before. And like, that is just heartwarming to me to be able to be a part of that and then also share what I'm doing. It motivates me to do better. Like I really feel like because I get to experience them, my own journey is more exciting. Like the Olympics is way more exciting now than it's ever been. And I still like, there's still some unknown parts, but like I have my little Wellstart tribe and like, they're all on my shoulder, you know, when I'm swimming and I'm like, Hey, you know, and it's just like, it's just so exciting to like, just to, for them to be themselves and for me to be myself. And it's just, it's just so cool. It's all, it's almost like 
you're, you're doing the, the the stakes are higher almost for the Olympics, not not in a more pressure way, but like there's more meaning. Yeah. Behind it. Right? Like the, you have these people who are who are rooting for you, seeing themselves in your story and and you want to come home with good stories for them. Yeah, totally. But like before, like the old me would have had like all this pressure. I would have been worrying about where the next move is. But like, honestly, I already felt like I've won a gold medal, like being a part of this team, like being able to do what I want to do and help people like I've already won. And so accepting that is so rewarding. And like, I don't have to like be worried about what comes next because I've already won. And like, and accepting that and feeling that in my body. And like, I'll have moments where it's like, I, I literally see the whole Wellstart team in Tokyo, like all holding my hand. Like we did it, you know, like it wasn't me, like it wasn't me anymore. It was like, we all did it, you know, like we helped other yeah. people be the best selves that they could be. And like, you know, and that's just, it's just so exciting now. It's not like scary or worrisome. It's like, Oh, like how, like, Oh my gosh, like this is so cool to, to be a part of this group. And then for everyone to see the, see me in themselves, you know, mm, it reminds me of a concept that I came across in the, you know, the Abraham books, uh-huh. um, you know, I guess Abraham Hicks, I love Abraham Hicks. I listen to it every second of the day, literally. Uh, okay. Well, then I'm not imagining it. The idea of, of, of spiritual escrow. Yeah. Right? Since, since, since you listen to it, and I haven't listened to it in about five years, can you say a little bit and why you listen to it so much and what it means to you? Well, so what I love about Abraham Hicks and what it's taught me is that really, like, being the creator of your reality and like really owning that and, and like shifting your perception of knowing that. So like, for instance, like before maybe like in those times when I would blame others, you know, instead of like in those times I was still creating what I wanted or what I didn't want. But it's like the more that I raise my vibration, raise my alignment to my truest self, I can achieve anything. And so what this particular teacher speaks to me is that the more that I allow, surrender, and have fun, like the more I'm raising my vibration, the more I am becoming in alignment with my truest self, and that is going to lead me to all my desires. Because what she also says is that, I mean, we all deserve to get what we want. The only person that's in your way is yourself. And so the moment that we get out of our own way, we then find the, the most, the greatest thing that is ourself. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I, I, there was a time when I listened to it a lot, and then I had a lot of sort of th thoughts that became, um, I want to say, uh, undermining of it. And then, you know, like, here's why it doesn't, here's why it can't work, and here's why it's unfair. And here's, and like, I spent a lot of time, blah, 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 blah. And what, what I love about talking to you is that 
you're not you're not claiming that it works or it's real or it's true. You're simply living it. Yeah. 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 Like even like I'll I'll say I'll compare this to even like religion. Right. So like I'll go into a church and, you know, you'll see people that are like worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. Right. But then when they leave the church, they are so rude and they're like it's like their whole spiritual thing like went out the window. Right. And like what like this whole entire experience has taught me by learning about these different things is that, you know, like if you just live it, like it doesn't have to be like it looks a certain way or, you know, it has to be this way. Like just try it for yourself, experiment on yourself and you're going to be the person that knows. Like, I don't know your reality. Like I can't create your reality for you, but I can create my reality and I can show you what that looks like for me. And if things that I'm saying make sense and they resonate with you, then you can do the same thing in your own experience. Right. So what, uh, what advice would you have for someone who's listening, who wants to take that first step in this sort of radical journey of both self-responsibility and letting go. What sounds like to our, to the mind sounds like such a paradox. Like, you know, and someone's listening like, oh man, I would love to be able to, you know, trust the universe and, and not worry all the time and not constantly be in self-conflict. What's, what's a first step? Well, I would say, keep it simple. So like, for instance, like when I was learning to, you know, trust the universe and God and, you know, and really surrender in my own experience, I would do little things like, for instance, um, like getting on the train, right? So the train says it's a minute away. And so you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get to the train, you know, and you trip up the escalator and all these things happen because you're worrying, right? But the moment that you're like, if I'm supposed to get on that train, I'm going to get on the train and you take your time and you start to realize that because you thought that you created it. So don't think that it has to be this big thing. Like it can even start with like a relationship or even like your boss, right? Like is really like upset with you. And like, you just have a thought like, you know what? I'm going to go in here cool and collective and I'm just going to see how this plays out and you witness it. And the more that you witness simple little tactics like that, you will become a believer and you will start experiencing more and more of these experiences in your life and that will make you a believer and you'll be like, Oh, I want more. Like what else can I test? You know, like you'll start getting real bold and, and not feeling limited or like, you know what? I can get this. Like, let me see like what I can shape into this experience right here. Mm. And I, I love that you use the example of like being late for the train and having to, you know, run up the escalator because you're trying to win swim races, right? So there, yeah. there is an, there's an element of speed. And I can, I can think of several times when I, not, not necessarily trains, but airplanes, like I've had a connecting flight and my flight's delayed and I'm like, oh boy, I'm not going to make it. I might not make it. And the, the difference between, okay, I'm three terminals away and I've got six minutes and I think I could, I think I could make it like, 
Like, let's, you know, remember like the old O.J. Simpson before, you know, before he was uh, O.J. <laughs> he would have these commercials. He's like running through the airport and leaping over things. Like, I just I had this fantasy of like, I'm, I'm this, you know, speedy football star going to make it. And it was a very different experience than the fear driven. Oh, God, what if I miss this? What if I have to spend the night in, you know, Albany? <laughs> Yeah. And then what happened, like the more that you worry, then you create that. And like when I was doing these little experiences, then I applied it to my swimming. And what I found was that I was creating resistance in my body. I was creating resistance before I even achieved it. Like I was all worried about what the outcome was going to be before I even got a chance to to perform it or to see it, you know? And so, so it happens all the time, right? Still, even like I, I, there's like five minutes left before the yoga class. And like, I'll find myself like taking three deep breaths being like, okay, if I'm supposed to go to yoga, I'll be at yoga on time, ready for my mat, cool, calm and collective, ready to go, you know? And, and it's like, I do that with everything. Like if I find myself in a moment where I'm, I'm rushing or I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, Sarah, silly girl, like, you know that you create that. And so you want to create something you want or what you don't want and accept it and, and move on. And whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. If you're supposed to make the train, you're going to make the train. If I'm supposed to make the Olympics, I'm going to make the Olympics. But worrying about it isn't going to get me there. Right. But I see, I see for me... My habit, and I see this over and over again in, in, in some of the well-start people that we coach, is if I lose that sense of urgency, dread, and worry, then I feel like that's what I'm plugged into. That my, if, I don't, if I lose that, then there's no, more mo- there's no other motivation, right? Like the body isn't naturally going to swim 100 meters uh, butterfly fast, you know, if I say, well, if I, you know, I'll make yoga class if I'm meant to make it. And once I re- relax, then I will like turn into a ame- amoeba, you know, or I'll, like a, <laughs> like a, a bag of tofu. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. I have no motivation now because I'm not worried. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, true, right? Like you could, like that could turn into that, but at the same time, if you're excited about going to yoga class or getting on that train or swimming those hundred yards or whatever it is, if you're already excited, the momentum is there and you're going to get there. If you have an appointment that you want to make and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, like you're going to get there. Like this was funny. So my mom, like every time I hang out with my mom, She's all she like, this is where I got my habit from, right? She's always worrying. Ah, I got to get on time, you know? So we were going to the dentist and she's like, oh my gosh, we're going to be late. And I said, mom, how about you relax? We're going to get there. If we're supposed to get there at nine 50, we will. If we aren't, we won't. And guess what time we arrived at nine 50 because she let go. And so what was great was I was able to share with her an experience like that. So maybe she could take, but maybe when she's on her own, she still worries and does that. And that is on her, you know, but if I'm around, (laughs) I am pointing out these things, even in the coach, like the well-starties, if I'm around you, I'm going to point out where 
you could let go and and see your full potential and 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 it's just exciting you know like being letting go and seeing what will transpire from it Mm, love it love it love it um so as as you know but other people may not know is that every time you've spoken i have muted myself out and had a a hacking (laughs) coughing fit so you, you've been you've been really good at either not watching that or ignoring it. I'm very impressed with, with your ability to keep talking while you while you watch my head basically explode. Yeah, um, you know, it's like see, like this is what we learn in yoga. It's like you know, you're I'm focused like on your little windshield right here. Like I'm just talking to that, you know, and everything else is just there, you know. But like the focus, the driven. That's there. So even what you said about if you turn into a tofu, well, if you're driven and focused in that moment, it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, that's to say, I think I've, I've run out of uh, words and breaths. So, um, Very good. so um, do you have a place where people can follow your journey? You have, you have a blog, right? Yeah, so um, if you go on WordPress, um, Mergoddess, you can read about. Um, I like to. I've been writing a lot about these types of conversations, so you can follow that. Also, Mergoddess Eleven on Instagram, my Facebook page, Mergoddess, or Sarah Bowfinger, Twitter, Mergoddess One, and. Um, and continue listening on the Plant Yourself podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, and you're also working with people with Well Start Health. So if anyone yes. anyone's listening to this and wants wants a uh, a weekly dose of Sarah, you can check out yes. WellStartHealth.com, and uh, you will uh, you will be in her her sphere of uh, of influence. Yeah, just uh, beware. Like, I mean, you're gonna feel really great. So just know. <laughs> Yeah. If, if that excites you, come on board. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks again. Um, Thank you. This will be. Um, I'm, I'm going to be uh, uploading this and, and narrating the intro outro as soon as we're done. So I know this is going to be episode. Oh shoot, three hundred and three hundred and twelve is is nice. what it's, is what it's going to be. So. Um, we got it. We got to get back and keep and keep talking about this. And yes. uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much. It's uh, it's so much fun to 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 share your energy and to to be part of this amazing journey that you're uh, that you're on. Likewise, I'm. It's it's more exciting with you in it. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, I lied. I'm back. So if you want to become a WellStart Health coach, if you want to go through the training program that helped Sarah so much, go to wellstartcoach.com. We're starting another run of the program at the end of March. That's me and Kevin Davis and Josh Lajani doing the teaching. And what I'll say you'll get out of that is a reliable process for helping clients succeed on their health journeys. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for giving me a break today. See you back next week and be well, my friends. Be be better than I am right now. All right. Take care. 
All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Reidenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willreidenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barnes, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filikonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Kara Adams, Tom Fronsek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, Gio and Carol Argitati, Jody Friesner, with Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lenneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harperson, Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Shannon, Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzawa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski, a plant powered for health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divid, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lehman. Patty Martino, Mike and Donna Karts, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashford, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidoroska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedable Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends.